Okay, be, because the pot is in the, 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 pot, the pot roast is in the crock pot, we need to continue here this morning. You know, somebody asked me what I wanted for Christmas, and I said, you know, I'm kind of a weird kind of guy. I like clothes, you know, so I'm wearing like a whole new outfit this morning, you know, my, and uh, so, but you know, typically what I do is I get up early Christmas morning, and our kids have always been the kind that sleep in, and they, they don't want to get up very early for whatever reason. When I was a kid, you know, we'd wake our parents up like at 5 a.m., and so I usually get a cup of coffee, and I sit there, and I contemplate life, you know, and I get all philosophical myself, and sometimes I write a blog, sometimes I post something deep on Facebook, sometimes I just keep it to myself and, and remember people in my life that are no longer around. And, and, uh, but this year, as I did that, I found myself thinking about something else constantly. I found myself looking forward to this Christmas because of this reason right here, and looking forward and, uh, as to what it would be like when she opened presents. Yeah. I'm sure Rob and Linda has the same experience, although they have two. Where's Rob and Linda? I thought I saw. Oh, yeah, there you go. Has the same experience, right? And they also have Tesla as well. But just, you know, and she got this trumpet, and we had difficulty showing her what sat, what, where you put your mouth to make noise. And as you can see, she's tried that, and we need to get Cameron in here to give her, to give her lessons, right? She tried all the ends there, and uh, actually, and I didn't give her this present. Actually, the present was a little downer because it hardly made any noise. You know, and we were hoping something that made a lot of noise so she can take it back home to her parents. You know, they, they were looking forward to presents that didn't make noise this year. And, uh, but you know, that is, um, that was what I found myself thinking a lot about Christmas morning. And all in all, for many of us, it was a good day to be with, to be with loved ones, to be with those that we care about. But you know, there's another side of Christmas, and uh, that is the side where where a lot of people, it was a difficult day, missing loved ones, and uh, having lost, you know, spouses and, and sons and daughters and parents and, and just other extended family. And, and I, as always happens, you know, the week prior to Christmas, and even the day of Christmas, a lot of people posted on Facebook that they really weren't looking forward to the day, that it was going to be a difficult day. I asked one person, a good friend of mine, and the, and the community, and I said, what are you going to do Christmas Day? And, and they said they were going to be all by themselves. And they said, I'm going to have a Bloody Mary Christmas. And at first, I'm like, Bloody Mary? Bloody Mary? Oh, Bloody Mary, the drink, Christmas, yeah. And, and uh, I, just, I just know that there are so many people that the thought of Christmas and the thought of being alone is very difficult. Maybe you know somebody in that situation. So my question for you this morning is, did you reach out to them? Did you let them know that you were thinking about, it, about them, that you were praying for them? If you didn't, it's not too late. By the way, December 25th can be a hard day if you've lost a loved one, but so can December 27th. And I would encourage you, actually, before the day's over, to reach out to them, text them, email, Facebook, call them, and let them know that, that you love them, that you care about them, that you're praying for them. Because for a lot of people, Christmas can be a very difficult time. Not just because of the pain of losing a loved one, but sometimes because kids can ruin Christmas. Have you ever had a kid, or have you ever been a kid, where you open a present and you're ungrateful. You've seen maybe, maybe um, YouTube videos where kids are screaming and crying, didn't get the present they want. I was going to show you one of them this morning, but I discovered something that I didn't know existed, and some of you know this. There's apparently a tradition the last three or four years, put on by one of the late night hosts, Jimmy Kimmel, about buying a Christmas present that you know your kids aren't going to like and then videotaping them, open it, being angry, and then throwing it on YouTube for everybody to see. I, look, I thought, man, and if you've done this, don't, you know, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, but I thought, how cruel is that? 
And so I watched four or five of these where kids opened up and the parents are laughing hysterically while the kid is crying because they can't believe, the eight-year-old boy can't believe that he got girl clothes. Or somebody else got a box of toilet paper, a little kid, he was so angry, he threw it at his dad, and everybody's laughing and they're videotaping this. You know, and I guess, this, I guess if that happens, that's better than a kid opening up something you hope they would like, and they don't like it, and, and they're angry. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I had one of those moments as well. When I was uh, 13 years old, I had my first Christmas with my dad, my new dad and his family, the guy that raised me. Many of you have met him. Passed away two and a half years ago. And he knew I wanted a Bible. And so I opened up this Bible. I don't know if you can tell from this picture, but you can see it says Holy Bible. And then it's supposed to say New International Version, but see, it's all worn off. When I opened it up, I realized that I had gotten a used Bible. And I was not happy. And I said, when I opened it up, I, I said something like, Oh, a used Bible? And my dad was very disappointed that I wasn't more excited. I found out later that what he had done is given me his Bible. And then it meant so much more, and I still have that Bible today. But he had given me something that meant a whole lot to him and thought I would enjoy it. And I opened it up, and I was disappointed because it was just a used Bible. Although, like I said, I cherish that Bible today. But, you know, here's the the problem with Christmas is that for a lot of people, it is not a, not a fun day. It's a reminder of loneliness and emptiness. For other people, it's not a fun day because they set it out to be that, but kids or grandkids or somebody has the potential of just ruining it. And I think there's another reason why there's a problem with Christmas. You see, because what Christmas has come today is, is all about gifts. Here's what we do. We give each other Christmas lists. And we go out and we buy things for loved ones that they really want. And we can't spend, only can spend so much money, right? Because we have budgets and we, we, we got to figure out how to buy everybody something and fit underneath our budget. And we, we hope that it's going to make them happy. The problem is when you open the gift, it does make you happy. But then a week later, you've used it up or you've forgotten about it or, or a month later or a year later, and it no longer means anything. In fact, there's one video store that if you open up one of their video games, okay, and you play that and you master it, I think it's within a week. If you master it within a week, you can bring it back and get a full refund. They're just encouraging you to kind of play it until you've mastered it and then go buy another one. Now, some of you are thinking, wow, Chuck, you got a real bah bah humbug spirit right now. And it gets worse. But I wanted you to know, and I I, I put it on Facebook that this was not going to be a bah humbug message. And uh, so this is what a Bar Humbug message actually looks like. It's just another work day, and any jack and apes who thinks else should be boiled in his own pudding. But sir, Christmas is a time for giving, a time to be with one's family. I say Bar Humbug. I don't care. I say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Well said, Master Fred. Cratchit, what are you doing? I was just trying to keep my hands warm, sir. And what are you doing here, nephew? I've come to give you a race and invite you to Christmas dinner. Well, I suppose you're going to have plump goose with chestnut dressing? Yep. And will you have plum pudding and lemon sauce? Yeah, And candied fruits with spiced sugar cakes? Yeah, will you come? Are you daft, man? You know I can't eat that stuff. 
Here's your reef back. Now out, out, out. Bah. Humbug. Merry Christmas! And a bah humbug to you. So that I was, I was kind of hoping there was a junior church so all the kids could enjoy that. Oh, there's some kids here. And this is for all the adult children, right, who needed this little ADD moment just to kind of help you get through the whole message, right? But that, that, that's a Bahamug message, and that's not really what, what this is all about. But, but let me continue on a little farther, because here's the problem. We've been singing and hearing songs all month about Jesus in a manger and how wonderful the news was to the whole world. In fact, we've sang, joy to the world, the Lord has come. We've sang, away in a manger, right? No crib for bed, the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. Some of you are disappointed that I'm not actually singing that this morning. We've sang, hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. And, and I guess that's okay because the true meaning of Christmas is really, is God's gift of Jesus to us. And it is that time when the whole world really recognizes this baby born in a manger. And it always intrigues me that in many ways the world is afraid of Jesus and afraid of the name of Jesus. And certainly they don't like to talk about Jesus on the cross. But the little baby in a manger is okay, right? I mean, what can be, everybody loves babies, right? What can be so bad about a baby and a manger? But you know, even, even that gets old. Because that's for children, right? I mean, we teach our children about baby Jesus. Like my granddaughter, I don't think she knows yet that he actually grew up to be an adult, but she just, she thinks baby and Jesus are synonymous because she's under two years old. But if we're, if, if we're adults and we've been believers for a long time, I bet that Christmas gift from God of Jesus coming to earth gets old. Because... We really don't need him. So we tell children about it, and we come to Sunday school, and we watch children get up and sing about it, and we want to make sure children know the Christmas story, and we recognize that the true meaning of Christmas is about Jesus, but this is one of the few times that we really think about it. We think that Jesus is for, well, for people who, who need him, but for many of us, we don't need him because we've already accepted him. Stay with me. And if you're listening you know, later, don't turn it off yet because you know, there's, there's a point to all this. But I wonder sometimes in my own life, if all these songs about a cute baby in a manger, how much do they really mean to me? Because that is for somebody who doesn't know him or that is for children to learn about him. But is it for me as well? Have you ever really thought about what the message of the gift of Christmas, in other words, what the real message is of God sending Jesus down to earth is for? I saw an image this Christmas of, it was done very well. It was Mary Joseph and and Jesus in a manger, and then the shadow of the manger was a cross. And I thought, now we're getting a little bit to what Christmas is all about. 1 Corinthians 15, 55 says that Jesus offered us, because of Jesus, we have victory over sin and victory over death. It is true that Jesus came to save the world, 
but he came for so much more. If you have your Bibles this morning, if you would open up to John chapter 10, I'd like to read just a few verses for you, with you. Jesus is contrasting his love for people compared to the Pharisees' love for people. And he uses a, a imagery, a metaphor of, of a shepherd. And I love verse 6 because verse 6 says that, um, let me find it here. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. So then he says, okay, I'm going to make it very clear for you. And we get to John chapter 10, if you found it yet, verse 7. He says, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And that's what John chapter 10 is all about. Jesus is saying, listen, I am, the, I am the good shepherd. I am the gate. My sheep come in. They go out. They have that security. They have that, you know, that safety. And they find pasture. And their needs are met. And contrasting him, his way of caring about people, because the story before was the blind man, compared to the Pharisees. And in John chapter 10, you know, that word, I put it down there, that word for that you may have, you know, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full, is the idea of, of abundant, the idea of overflowing, sort of the image of if you have, if you ever had a kid fill a cup with water and they're bringing it to you and it's so full that it's spilling as it's coming to you, that's the idea, that that's how much life that, that Jesus wants us to have. In fact, literally it means going past the expected limit. And so what God has done through Jesus Christ is he's giving us life. He's come that we might have life. Not just life, but a life so great that it goes beyond what you could ever imagine. You think about for a second, you dream about the life that you think would be utopia. What is the best life that I could ever have? And Jesus comes that you have that and more. That's what the idea here, that you may have life and have it so it goes way beyond of what the limit is of what you should have. You get what that is? So that is life on steroids, right? That is life. And then when you think of what life is, it goes one step above that. It's kind of very, very interesting word. And, and different translations have tried to grab a hold of the meaning, but but it's the idea of not just having it to the full, but going beyond what you could ever imagine, what you could ever expect. And that's the life that he offers us. So what that means is, some of you have said this, I just survived that crisis by the skin of my teeth. No, it goes beyond that. You don't have to just survive something by the skin of your teeth. You don't have to survive something hanging on by a thread. You know that? Just, just barely. You don't, you don't have to. In fact, you can weather any storm, even the one that you are facing now. And you might say, well, I'm not facing any storm. Actually, things are going pretty good. Then even the one that you're going to face this year or next year. 
There's, there's no storm that you're going to face. There's no crisis that you're going to go through that is beyond what God can do for you. Because he doesn't want you just to experience life. He wants you to experience it to the fullest so that it's overflowing and it goes beyond what you expected that it ever could. It also means that you can overcome any lack of resources. Whatever deficiency you see in your life or in your family, God can overcome that. What it really means is that there's nothing that you will ever encounter that is beyond God's redemption. Because God has, has sent Jesus to us to not just live life, but to live in such a way that it exceeds, exceeds our expectations. It goes beyond the limit of what I thought it could be like. So as you think about 2015, what has your relation with God been like? My guess is if you're human, you've been discouraged, right? You've wondered. You may have asked God why. You may have, or you may have somebody you know who's turned their back on God. And then sometimes when we think of, of the future, we think, I don't know if God is somebody I can trust. Because here's to what happens. See, God sent Jesus to earth for us that we might have life and have it way beyond what we thought could be. But oftentimes, what it means to live life is so much different from God's perspective to our perspective. So what happens is we get angry. We say, well, why would I want to follow God when he's done this to me? I experienced that. I think I've told you. This is weird. But the thing I was most angry about God in my whole life was losing my Bible. Remember that? It wasn't my son going to prison. It wasn't my dad passing away. It was losing my Bible. And, and, and I remember saying to God, well, see if, I open this, see if I open up another Bible again. I didn't quite say it that way because, you know, I have a little bit of fear in me. But basically, I was like, I'm not having devotions. I'm not reading my Bible because my Bible was taken. And people would say to me, well, but maybe somebody's going to read that and come to know Christ and get saved. And I'm like, no, I don't want them to. I want my Bible back. You know, I know it sounds weird. But, but that's what it was for me. And so sometimes we get angry or sometimes we get cynical, right? And you've heard, of, you've heard cynical Christians talk. Or they almost like, well, you're just, you know, you're just old-fashioned. Or you just, you know, just wait until you figure out who God really is. And, and it's easy to get that way. It's easy to get angry at God. It's easy to get cynical when we go through crisis. When you lose the job and you can't get another one, the next thing you know, you thought I'd never be this place, but I'm staring poverty in the face. Or you lose a loved one, and next thing you know, like, how do I live my life when I'm all, I'm all alone? Or whatever it might be. Sometimes we don't get angry and cynical because our, 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 we don't allow ourselves to do that, so then we get in performance mode. That's, the, that's almost the same thing, but opposite in a sense. Because I'm angry and cynical, so God must be upset at me, so I'm just going to do more. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to go to church more often, read my Bible more, and give more money, and, and help more people, and just maybe... God's going to say, now you're in my good graces. Because we're not living the life that God has for us. We think it's a different life. And so we constantly fail to enjoy because we're trying to make God happy. Or we get to the point where we just give up trying. I can't do it anymore. I have met great friends of mine who have said, I'm tired of the battle. I'm a Christian, and I'll follow God, but I'm tired of it, and I just I can't try to live the way he wants me to anymore, so I'm not going to. And they have what some would call fire insurance, right? I mean, they say I'm going to heaven because I accept Jesus, but, but I'm not going to live for him anymore because I just, I give up. 
In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus is contrasting his way of helping humanity with the religious leaders. And they didn't get it. He says, I'm going to explain it to you. He said, I've come to give them life and to give them life to the full. But, you know, when we, when we fail to understand all that God has for us, then we live outside of John 10.10. 10. We convince ourselves that God truly doesn't know what we need. And so we long for something more, right? We long for something better. We long for something that's really going to fulfill us. We're all guilty of that in some way, right? I mean, you're looking forward to something. How many times have you said, I just need to get vacation on the calendar so I can look forward to that? I need something to look forward to, right? I mean, right, we've done that. Or you're getting a, a new car or a new computer or a new iPhone or whatever gadget you like, and you just can't wait to that day when the iPhones are out. You can't wait, so you can order at 1215. Uh, actually, it's, it's 315, right? 12, 3, 3, 3 o'clock in the morning. And, and you're the kind of guy like me where you order at 3 a.m. because you want to be the first one that gets it, right? Because, because we look, am I, am I still on? Okay, it's just me then. And, and we, we just live in this life, and, and that goes back to the problem of Christmas, right? Is that all these things that we hold dear are trying to give us meaning and satisfaction, and they don't. And so we go on to the next thing. So sometimes it looks like this. I don't like my job, I'm going on to another job. Sometimes it looks like this. I don't like my spouse, so I'm going on to another spouse. Sometimes it looks like this. You know, I don't like this item, so I'm going to buy a nicer one next time. Now, some of that, you know, scratch that. <laughs> what I was going to say is sometimes that thinking isn't bad. Now, when you give up your spouse for another one, it is. But, you know, this idea that I want to enjoy life and I, I want to have have the things that this life offers, so I want money and I want you know, possessions and I want happiness. That's all great because we're human and we live in this world, but this world isn't our home. And God says, if that's all you're focusing on this Christmas, then you're missing out because I have so much more for you. If that's what you focused on in 2015, just needing something to fill the void or just wanting something to make you happy or just looking forward to something, then I'm going to propose that, that you missed out. And then in 2016, what God has for you is going to go way past what you ever think the limit is of his love and of his taking care of you. And so what that means is as you go through your deepest, darkest moments, God is still there and able to help you through that. When you go through your times of biggest emptiness, God is still there to fill you up. It's really about living a way that you never dreamed that you could live. And, you know, some people might say, wow, Chuck, now you're sounding like one of those TV evangelists. You know, it's all, you know, all great, wonderful feelings. But, you know, there is something to that. Allow, allow me to say that without getting knocked out of here. But, you know, God has so much more planned for us than what we ever could imagine. And I'm not saying that it means that all things are always going to be good because God places bad things in our life as well, but it's in the midst of those trials that we know that God is there. One person's upset. I don't know about the rest of you. I'm just kidding. So what is your response? What is your response to the gift of Christmas? Not, not the gift of a baby lying in a manger, 
but the gift of God coming that you may have life and have it abundantly. I'm guessing that there could be, could be four different responses. One is, well, Chuck, I'm not worthy of all that God has to offer. You don't understand. I've done things that I'm ashamed of. And you might be sitting here saying, what I have is the best that I'm ever going to get because of who I, who I am and what I've done. There's probably people that God wants to, to really show the depths of his love, but probably not me because if God would be honest, he's having a hard time forgiving me of this. And so we come to church, and, and nobody knows, right? Sometimes our families don't even know. And maybe nobody in this universe knows, but inside us. And we're kind of plagued with that. And we're like, I will always fall short of what God has for me because of my sin. And so our, our response could be, yep, that's great, but I'm not worthy. Another response could be, well, that sounds really great, but honestly, I don't know if I trust God because I've been too hurt. And it could be you're sitting here and you're thinking, yeah, but if you've lost what I've lost. And you're hurt by God because you thought what God had for you was everything here and the here and now and the material. But God has so much more planned for you. But you say, well, that's fine, but I could never trust him. And, and if I could be honest with you this morning, I bet you that there's people sitting here this morning who just sing all those great worship songs and come here every Sunday, but deep in your heart you're saying, I don't know if I can trust God. So your first response might be, well, I'm not worthy because of what I've done. God possibly couldn't forgive me. Or, well, I'm too hurt. And the third one, you might be saying, Chuck, you hit it on the head earlier. I don't need Jesus. I have it all. My security is in my job. My security is in my family. My security is in my money. And honestly, I'm living a pretty much expect, uh, um, beyond what I expected I would ever live. And I'm doing pretty good. And I don't know if you've ever felt that way. I know, and I've told you this before, I was with a person in our community who was going through an incredible crisis, a strong believer, and I sat across from him, a grown man, and he was crying, and he said, for the first time in my life, I realized, up till now, I never needed Jesus. I had all the money, I had all the popularity, I had all the family, I never needed him until now, and going through an incredible crisis. And when I heard that, I didn't think, wow, what a, what a you know, I'm trying to think of a word that I can repeat that's not going to, you know, I was going to say idiot, is that okay? But, you know, what, I didn't sit across judging him, I thought to myself, wow. Is that me too? I mean, do I, do I desperately need Jesus? And it's easy to think I got everything going for me and, and I'm fine. I guess the fourth response could be I've been missing out and I want to know God in such a deeper way than I ever have. And, and, and I want to go further inside the Christmas present. See, have you ever done that? <clears throat> you give somebody a present, it's in a box or a bag, <clears throat> they take something out and they're all excited about it, and then they're done, you're like, wait, 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 wait there's something else in there. Huh? Has that ever happened? Did it happen to you this Christmas? There's something else in there. And you want to make sure that they get the full benefit of this whole present. And so you want them to go down and, and unwrap the rest of the, and, and see what else is in there. And that's what God wants to do for you. And maybe you've opened up the present and you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior 
And you know that there's going to come a day when you're going to, you're, because of what he's done on the cross, you're going to go to heaven to be with him. But maybe what he's saying is, listen, but I've come to not just give you eternal life. I've come to give you life on this earth, a life that is way more than you could ever imagine. And I want you, I want you to enjoy that. I want you to walk that journey with me. In case I didn't make it clear, that doesn't mean it's all good. It just means in the midst of the good and the bad, God is always there revealing himself to you in ways you never thought possible. And maybe what he wants you to do is reach back into the, the present and open up the rest of it. Because what if what God has for you is that you were meant for so much more? I'd like to close with one more verse. If you would open up to Ephesians chapter 3. This verse will blow your socks off. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that has worked within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. To him who is able to do immeasurably more, guess what that word is? Huh? Go back to John 10. He's come that we might have an abundant life or have it to the full. It's taken from the same Greek word where he's able to do immeasurably more. And, and that's who God is. Because of his that power at work within us, he's able to do abundantly more to have that glass overflow than all we could ask or think or imagine. Now, I feel like right now in those commercials, but wait, there's more. <clears throat> because there is more. Because I didn't tell you the total truth. It is from the same Greek word. But there's another word in front of it that basically means hyper. And so Ephesians 3 takes John 10 one step further. And what Paul is saying in Ephesians 3 is God is able to do so much more than you could ever ask or imagine. In other words, he's, he's able to go past the limit of what you thought he could do and then one step further. And that's the verse there that it's taken from two words. The word in John 10 that says, going beyond the expected limit, abundant, full, overflowing. And then you take that and you throw that on steroids. And you take that and you take it way beyond that to the next level. So whatever you could think or ask or imagine what God could do for you, he can do it so much more. It's like that kid that has the glass and he's coming to you and it's overflowing and it's overflowing, it's spilling out, and they're walking closer and closer to you, and you're thinking to yourself, by the time I get it, it's going to be a half glass. But by the time you get it, it's still overflowing. And that's what God wants for you in 2016. I'm not talking about, you know, health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. What I'm talking about is in the depths of your life, as you are journeying through this next year, God wants you to dig deeper into the present. And he wants you to open it up. And not just know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's great. And not just have him provide for you and answer your prayer and just take care of your needs and give you some of your wants. That's great. But what God wants is so much more. He wants you to dream this coming year. Anything you could think, anything you could imagine, anything you can drum up of what God wants for you, he wants you to know that he'll go way beyond that. 
And the beautiful thing about God is it'll look different than what you think it will because it doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're going to wake up in a dream, right? You're going to be in Hawaii and you're going to be, you know, on a tropical island somewhere and you're going to have all these, your kids are going to always obey. Your spouse is going to understand you. You never have to explain it or repeat yourself, right? And it's just, you know, your boss is going to think that you're the greatest thing and give you unlimited raises. And it's just, that's, that's not what he's talking about. But what he's saying is, as you live on this earth, and know that it's temporary, by the way, because your home is in heaven. As you live on this earth, with all the good, the bad, and the ugly, know that I'm there to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. Here's what that means. If you feel like you're not worthy, with God giving you that kind of abundant life, you can experience real forgiveness. You know, some of you, or those that are listening, the thing that you've done that you can't let go of in your mind, God can forgive you from that. For those that are feeling like they're too hurt to trust God, know that you can experience true healing, that God can provide the healing from the pain that you have. Whether it's loss of a loved one, or, or any kind of crisis, whether it be financial or relational or physical or emotional or spiritual, whatever the crisis is, that God is able to provide true healing. And then the third thing is, if we think that we have it all, God is able to give us a life that we could never, ever, 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 ever imagine a life through him. It might not mean that we have all the things that we hold dear on this earth, but we will walk that journey with God in such an intimate way that we will see the world in a way that we've never seen before. That's my prayer for me for 2016. That's my prayer for you. So the problem with Christmas is it's too short-sighted because presents are about here and now, and then you have to do it again next year, right? And if you're fortunate, you know, you're going to get another one, your birthday, right? And, and if you have a birthday, like, my, like in our family, a couple birthdays in January, they get it in December and they get it in January, and, and you can't give them one gift for both, right? But you have to keep giving gifts to the ones you love. But God says, I, I don't have any other gift. The one I have is, is so much more to it. So dig deeper into the box. Dig deeper into the bag. And know that Jesus came to not just give you eternal life, but that you can have a full overflowing, abundant, able to exceed the limit and, and jump in Ephesians 3, and it's so much more than you could ever, ever ask or imagine. That's the life that God has for you. My prayer for me, my prayer for you is that that's what we were yearn for in this coming year. Let's pray.